0: some in the room, who are asking questions, you know, how, how do you actually do this cross-cultural bit? And I have got some slides. Uh, how, how do you do this cross-cultural bit? So I would like to try and, um, and address that in the next uh, 20 minutes, and we're gonna have two little breakouts in the middle of that, so a bit of interactive where you're gonna look and discuss some questions in, your, in, your, in the groups. So, as you heard from Helen, uh, at the beginning of our nineteen-year uh, sojourn in the Middle East, um, which started when we were in our mid to late thirties, so there'd already been a bit of life, you know, up to that point. Um, but at the call uh, to the Middle East, uh, to Oman, we had a very clear vision. Um, to see a church established amongst Swahili-speaking Omanis, I mean that's pretty specific. <laughs> um, Helen told you about uh, reversing the curses that came down of false religion and slavery, um, that came down from. You can see on the map here, um, yeah, down that red line is sort of from from Oman. Uh, down through Zanzibar into East Africa, Um, incredible historical links, the Sultan of Oman. Can you imagine this? The king of Oman moved and became the king of Zanzibar (laughs) Um, and brought Islam and slavery, and and it was a trading empire, um, and went from Zanzibar, which is a little island, a bit like uh, Hong Kong, off the mainland of China, Zanzibar off the mainland of East Africa, um, but what we saw was God doing was reversing that up the same route. So down the route down which curse came, God's plan was to take blessing of gospel back up the same route. We we and our role having. Uh, Helen and I actually met in Zanzibar. So our role and our calling um, came out of that burden that Helen described, a love of the Swahili, love of things East African. But God moved that call up to Oman where there are the same culture. So you can find people in Zanzibar and they've got brothers, same mother, same father, (laughs) Uh, in in Muscat, Oman, and so he, the Lord, uh, shifted. He took that burden and he shifted it up uh, to uh, Arabia. And ours was to be really a a role um, of laying tracks for to go ahead and to lay tracks for then others uh, to come. So I I want to. Uh, Answer the question How do we actually do cross cultural overseas? I want to answer that uh, a bit of a frame. So, getting in, getting on, and getting out. So, getting in. So, as I say, God had already, up to this point in our lives, been laying tracks. I, as a, between leaving school and before going to Leicester University, I had seven months in Zimbabwe uh, in a teaching job and then went up to Zanzibar. As an 18, 19 year old, I, I, I had like a few days in Zanzibar. And then after four years of university, got my first job with the British government and onto a placement Immediately working for the government of the revolutionary government of Zanzibar, I was a civil servant for the revolutionary government, and so those tracks had been laid. And then it was in Zanzibar where he led me that I met Helen, and she had this love of the um, of the Swahili, and so did I. And uh, as we fell in love, so that burden was kind of amplified what happens who's who's doing physics here what happens when two waves meet to the amplitude wow (laughs) so it's a wow my my answer is that they kind of double or but we got a better answer we got a better answer there so there's an increase and there was an increase as we came together and as we were uh, getting engaged, out, in, out in, in, in Tanzania, God laid on us uh, the burden for the need for home church. Neither of us really had that. I came to Christ first month of uni, so I didn't really have a home church, uh, nor, nor Helen. So I think God sovereignly just laid that on us. So this was a track that he was, he was laying down in our lives that we had um, up to that point. And just on that, we were, we were in Tanzania getting engaged. We, had, we were coming back to Britain. We had a wedding date, Edinburgh. But the rest of life was a blank canvas. And we thought we could locate on the basis of church. But we didn't. We got jobs, we entered Canterbury, we joined a church, but that was not, it was, it was a, a wonderful church with a vision for the local housing estate. So as we started to sort of explore this call, and the, it, they said, look, this is not, not something we can do with you. So we said, well, why don't we find a church? So we moved to Cambridge to join City Church, and that brought us into new frontiers. Then we got jobs. Think about that. That's pretty. That's now that is radical. (laughs) Church then job. Yeah, who does that? So we God had been laying tracks in our lives, but then, you know, under the topic of getting in, we were looking for the direction of the track. Where was this track sort of going? And so in City Church Cambridge, we, um, with the elders, um, we gathered uh, the church regularly, I say regularly, maybe four or five times over five years. Because we thought we were going to be in Britain for a couple of years and then out again. It was actually seven years. Helen said the the preparation time for Nehemiah was way longer than the um, – so we'd gather, a bit like we had with uh, Tyro and Tyo the other night. Sort of 25 of us gathered around seeking God for the, for, for the next steps. And as the call was being confirmed in the context of the church, so in those prayer times we were getting sort of, you know, the next few uh, – the, the tracks were being laid. The other thing in terms of getting in was we were thinking of team. So there's a wonderful man um, that kind of goes along with George Verwer called Greg Livingston. And he, he he led and the founder of Frontiers. And we were enjoying his books and sort of team. I think he wrote a book called Church Planting in the Muslim World. I mean, that just, you know, that just fired up our imagination uh, reading that. And it was team and so when we got to Cambridge City Church and met Chris, who had a calling to the Arab world, we just thought this is amazing. So we teamed up with Chris, and he said, yeah, Oman, that's in the Arab world. I'm, I'm in. Let's go. And um, we wanted to – we had this sort of picture of the ideal thing being a team of us would go together uh, to Oman – um, with Ephesians 4 ministries, um, which would be needed to add clout to this pioneer planting. And that would be like a high-definition map of, a, of the track. Very good theory, but we never quite uh, made it. Um, Chris... Uh we so we all went off to uh learn Arabic in Jordan as a preparation and Chris met his Maureen and they fell in love and her calling was to Mauritania. <laughs> so they went there for seven years and then they went to Oman for seven years. Um uh but so it, it didn't it didn't quite work out that way. And then in but I think the whole thing I think for us in Emmanuel to think about team You know, if there there are 50 of us here and we all have 50 callings, do we all go in 50 directions? Or or is there room for teaming up? Interestingly, um, I'm quite excited about this because uh, we're in our sort of uh, mid to late 50s, pushing on 60s. And Paul was that age, I think, when he did his missionary journeys. He was in his late, late 40s, early 50s when he started. And he picked up... Uh, Timothy, who was 18, 20, 22, I don't know, sort of, he was young, and um, multi-generational team from Emmanuel, come on, come on, what's, come on, do I hear an amen, getting in, the biggest challenge for us to get into Oman, so we've got this calling to Amman, but how are we going to get in, we need a job. Oman in the 1990s was a semi-closed country you could not turn up at the border not unless you were acalim acalim could probably have turned up at the border and got in but with <laughs> a smile. but for most of us you you needed somebody there to invite you to to invite you and they would then get a thing called a no objection certificate from the government So you could then apply for a visa. The the embassy would say, where's your no-objection certificate? So I was working in the university as a researcher. Um, Ask me which university. Cambridge. Um, And, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) I tried to get a, a, a research role. I, I, I tried. To, is there a way? I'm, I'm a researcher in the housing sector. Can we get research funding from the UK, from the Gulf? Tried that. No. Let's look for a job. So went for a couple of trips, looked for a job, but ended up, as Helen told you, ended up starting uh, as a freelancer, and that turned into starting a company with an Omani partner who lived in Cambridge. That was that was the way in. In your groups now, for three minutes, I want you to brainstorm. Oh, I haven't, I haven't followed on the slides. Brainstorm the pros and cons of going overseas in team. So there are pros and there are cons. What are they? Three minutes go Okay, let's come back. Let's round off your discussions. Yeah. So, um so getting in, but then having, um, having done uh, what turned into a year and a half of Arabic, it then came time to go down to Oman. Helen told you a bit of the story there. And so getting on. How do we do? So the question, remember, is how do we do cross-cultural So I just want to pick up this uh, question around around team. Um, so we uh, we were going down the track of being part of a frontiers team. We had really gone through way down that track to join uh, uh, an existing team in Oman. So much so that we'd even seen in London the frontiers psychiatrist, which was. One of the hoops that we had to go through. Did they clear you? <laughs> 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 oh, George, I said, we have to know. We have to know. Yes, "Yes, they cleared us, <laughs> but with with some conditions." <laughs> um, but we actually the way the Lord led us, together with this chap Chris, who got married and went to Mauritania, was not to actually join the team. Um, our our Cambridge Church leadership, I remember David Koch, the lead elder, um, I remember one of those prayer times there was this picture of of two tracks coming together but not joining. And again, remember we're looking for the track. What's the way to go? But what happened is when we got down there to Oman from Jordan, tis down, we Found that two months before, so and, and our preparation time was seven years. Two months before we got there, New Frontiers Dubai, uh, Neil Abbasakri, Neil and Savvy, had planted from Dubai into Muscat a thing that they'd been working on for seven years but hadn't done. So the time, ty- so, so. At the same time and pretty much in the same district of Muscat. So it's not like, you know, it's the same city and the same part of the city they plant. Their church plant was a ministry or a church plant to Sri Lankan housemates. They were Sri, Sri Lankans, the couple, uh, Gihan and Suen. Um And so, again, with the church in Cambridge, it was like, yeah, this is the way. So we actually worked out our calling to see a church established amongst Omanis by being a part of an expatriate church on the ground. Contrary to the perceived wisdom, I'm afraid to say, amongst the, amongst the missionary community, you don't mix local church with ministry to Omanis. That was the perceived wisdom at the time. But that's how we, f- we believe that the Holy Spirit was leading us. Liam and Bethany's uh, questions uh, drew out of the three couples kind of how we actually made friendships and made inroads into the communities. So I won't go over that, although I've got... Uh, but I just want to reflect... Um, three points of cr- cross-cultural points. The first one is language. Uh, the Swahili Omanis, um, sp- most of them, not all of them, most of them spoke English. They spoke Swahili. Swahili would be their mother tongue and they spoke Arabic to, uh, to, to varying levels. So you could actually be having a conversation which would weave <laughs> between all three languages. But it was key that we were able to engage with them in their heart language, in their mother tongue, on key issues. So we could work and get by in a working way, in English, maybe in Arabic, but it was in Swahili that it mattered. So we needed that. And I think that's a, that's a lesson um, for us, and there are things that can go wrong if we don't learn the heart language. Um, so there are pitfalls uh, to be that can be avoided by that. So that's the first point. The second is just to um, raise the the whole issue of culture and worldview. and the way. This image, you know, culture, um, it, is, it is the fundamental un, invisible and often unconscious worldview that drives a, a, a people's, you know, our beliefs, our values, our feelings, and ultimately leading to our behaviors. But the way we learn about culture is kind of in the reverse order. The first things we come across are the behaviors, the dress, the food. But th- that leads us to get an understanding of beliefs uh, leading to worldview. And the thing about worldview and the gospel is the gospel needs to be effective for, for transformation. The gospel needs to come and, and transform the worldview. So in, in Saudi, in the church plant, with the, Saudi, the young Saudi folk, um, three of the four families were married, uh, married couples, some, uh, some with children. And what was apparent is that the, the Saudi culture, um, marriage is a... <laughs> in fact, I was really shocked. The first time I went to a wedding um which would be a mosque ceremony followed by a meal the the bride is nowhere to be seen it's a, it's a, it's a men only affair now this, there is something going on so the the the, the 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 imam has gone to the woman with the marriage contract and said and, and she signed it uh, but the thing uh, in, in the mosque it's all men and it's, it's her father and brothers and the groom. And it's, it's a Dundee. <laughs> and she's not there. Um, so much so that it uh, tra- tragically, tragically, it happened to one of, the, one of the believing couples is that her family, uh, when they found out that they were uh, followers of Christ, broke the marriage so it's a case of the gospel coming in and bringing the truth of genesis that uh, that a man will leave his father and mother and uh, cleave to his wife and they become one that that worldview that biblical worldview has to come in um, right right at the bottom Secondly, thirdly, thirdly, um, just reflecting you know a feature or an, a, an issue for cross cultural life is is the communication style, and the issue is um, some cultures are very literate and some are. Completely oral, non-literate, and you have a varying. Now, actually, I believe in Emmanuel, we have that full spectrum. I think, so I think this is actually relevant to us in even in, in, in Britain, but uh, we had it in the church plant in Saudi. So we did church kind of the way we do church, um, a bit different. It was in the home, um, but we had um, you know, we had a worship time. Um, with Arabic songs. Um, we worked in English and Arabic in, in Saudi. And, and, and a teaching time. And, and it was how to bring the word. We knew we had to bring the word in <laughs> with these uh, young believers. But it was very early on, one of them who in his uh, mid-thirties married, had had four or five years in Glasgow, so knew something of, you know, Of 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 Britain of the West, but he said he said Angus, it's it's very Western. (laughs) If you if you you've prepared, Uh, it's like the only time we it 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 makes me feel like I'm in a lecture, a sort of this. And um, we had you know we had to we had to sort of. change tracks occasionally we, we we made mistakes we had setbacks um, his brother actually I remember one time with um, one of our South African friends in the in the church so he was having a go to be more oral but so he was doing it in a more interactive way and he said right okay uh, Abdullah would you read the passage so he read the passage and then he started the study asked the questions and I could just see that we were kind of getting nowhere. There was no effective com- cross cultural communication going on here. And I just got an idea. I so, uh, hang on. And I, I, I told the passage that he'd read as a story. The Saudis were, were gripped and they understood it. So, all, yeah. So, just that change. Um, so, 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 communication style, whether oral or, or literary, is an, is an issue and an important issue. So, in your group discussion, and you'll have less time for this one, uh, how important do you think learning culture and worldview is? <laughs> it's, it's how important. It's not is it important, it's how important. <laughs> how important is learning culture and worldview? Okay, let's bring that to a close. Okay, I hope you found those two um, short group discussions useful. I just want to say that if you, found, if you think it's important and if you want to go further in learning and understanding culture and worldview... Um, in Emmanuel we will be um, facilitating that um, through what we, we, we're calling the batch training. There's a lot of excellent training out there. Uh New Frontiers Unreached Network on Broadcast and we're gonna we're just still working out how we'll do it, but possibly uh, whether you do it individually or whether you form a group and then we can parachute in a, a tutor. To uh, journey with you in studying through that material. There's there's lots of material, um, and so we then came the time for um, getting out. You heard the women saying it was suff. It, at times it was. The pressure, (laughs) and when we came out of that country, we could breathe afresh, and we needed at times just to come out and sit in the siding. But ultimately, there comes a time where it is time to move on. Maybe the job's done. Maybe you get kicked out. Maybe you've raised up the leaders, or in Helen and my case, out coming out of Oman in a crisis. Um, uh, our story is that we went from Oman to Dubai and that's where we joined Gateway Church and that's where we were thrown in with um, Steve and Heather Oliver, um, Fuzzy, Pete Vaughan and that for us was a bit like coming in for a refit and getting a bigger engine for Saudi Arabia. But um, then there is the issue of getting, when we left Saudi, it was coming back into Britain, the whole thing of re, re-entry, and this is a, a, a big area, and uh, the Lord really ministered to us coming here to Emmanuel as we were joining Emmanuel. Um, um, God spoke uh, a lot through the going to the MCOM, Alan and Sandra's MCOM, and the... Um, the senior, or was it senior, senile, geriatric? Anyway, but when they prayed, I think they're the most charismatic uh, MCOM in Emmanuel. And when they prayed for us, God really spoke to us and really helped. Uh, God, the Lord, really helped us. So, you know, coming back into culture, it can be tricky. I mean, what is a stotty anyway? <laughs> so... I just want to, clo- I want to close this session and then John's going to come up. Just reminding ourselves of the need for, for going cross-cultural. Acklin said it very eloquently. You know, 10% of the world population are born again. Maybe a third of the world's population are n- born again or, or nominal Christian. Living in the Americas, Europe, and Sub-Saharan Africa which means whether going to near cultures or going to unreached cultures, there is a need for going cross-cultural. You know, who, how are they going to know unless somebody tells them? There's nobody in their people group, so somebody's got to cross over the garden fence. John, do you want to come?
1: Okay, so I want to, to start to ground a lot of what we have been hearing about. So we've been flying high. Uh, um, uh, Angus has just talked about getting out, and I'm, we're going, I'm going to bring us into land, because this is all very well to come on a day like this. But actually, what does God want to do with each of us? And that's what I want to, and it's going to be a different answer for everyone. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to i 'm going to just do a little bit of talking and then we 're going to engage with what is it that God is calling each of us to do, and different ones are along the different routes and i I wouldn't dare to say to George and Alison what's God calling you to do because they have fifty years of, of God calling you to do, but there's always a next step. I was just uh, pondering on some verses bible verses to bring so maybe this is my literary culture rather than but i'll tell them as stories rather than reading them uh, and the first one is that it's the, the gospel says in several places that jesus only did what he saw his father doing and it's so important that we each of us only do what we see our father doing elsewhere jesus said the poor will always be with you. If we respond simply to need, simply to need, then we'll burn ourselves out and we'll never touch the, 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 the problems of the world. And so it's very, very important that we find for each of us what, we, what God has called each of us to do. And... But there's a promise also, Paul wrote, that that we are his workmanship. And he created us with good works that he planned in advance for each of us to walk in. And every one of us is going to have different good works to walk in. But he has them planned, and I believe that they're there for all of us. I'm just going to have a premise that because you're here today, you're interested in playing a part somehow in this great adventure, which is Emmanuel global Reach. And for different ones, that's going to be different. Some people it will be short-term mission. Some people it will be long-term mission. Some people it will be praying in the background. Some people it will be giving. Some people it will be using this fantastic technology we have to just support people by... um, but by connecting in and having a Zoom conversation every week or every fortnight or every month. There's different roles, uh, and each of us has to find our own role, and they're all equally important. So in order to find those roles, we need to to go to God and to listen to what he's saying. And I have two little stories um, about how that happened for us. And, and then what I want to, to do, you to do is to get into groups of three or four, and ideally with people you don't know very well. So I, I want the, the, this sort of people to mix in with those sort of people and those sort of people to mix in with you. Because what we're going to do is we're going to listen to God and we're going to have words for each other. to find And, and some of them will be right, some of them will be wrong, Some of them we might just have to put on the shelf, but it's vital that we have a prophetic input if we're going to step forward into God's plans. So the two stories are, and they're both of them relating to to five years ago, Chris and I were in Japan for a year. Um, Many of you know these stories, but I'm going to say them anyway. And a year before we went, we went on a church conference and The very, very first bit of that church conference, um, because we we were going there to look to other people who were going to be moving to Japan and we were going to team up with. And um, the very first uh, meeting of that conference, God said, it's you who are going to be leading it to me. And that was quite out of the blue. We immediately went for ministry and we got two prophecies, one from Steve Oliver one from somebody else which confirmed that word and that was and that was i mean we have dave was was there ian was there they remember all 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 of this um that would but it was vital that we had those prophetic words that confirmed to us and then the second thing again was before we we, we left but it was part of the preparation uh we, went, we, we left at the beginning of, of April of that year uh, in the, I think, probably the February. There was the student weekend away. We went along to that. And, um, and David Campbell preached a sermon. It, it was some, but it, God used that sermon prophetically, and it was something that I hung on to. And his sermon was basically about Mary, on the morning of the, the resurrection, almost missed the greatest, greatest miracle that there had ever been because she had expectations of what she was going to find when she went to the tomb. And she ended up thinking he was the gardener and the body had been stolen. And, and, and David was talking about expectations can, can kill us, kill our understanding of what God's going to do. And I came back to that when after about a couple of months we had arrived in Japan. We had, um, through various miraculous um, things, met up with some people. So how did we, how did we um, meet up with people? Well, we actually just prayed and, well, various friends back in England connected us in miraculous ways. Um, but we were expecting, I was expecting, we would go and that we would find some expat missionary British, American, African, whatever, people, and we would join with them. We probably expected them to be quite young, because actually that was, that's probably the, the, the demographic. What we did not expect was a 70-year-old Japanese lady who was a third-generation Japanese Christian, which is like about as rare as hen's teeth. And that was the way God answered our prayer, our, our calling, and, and I, I, we, we, we said, well, have, is this it? Have we missed it? And that sermon came back about expectations, and that was actually what God had. So it's very important that we hear from God that, first of all, what our role is, and that we don't put expectations in his way. Okay, so those are my little words of wisdom. So we have 15 minutes, I believe, or perhaps 10 minutes because there's going to be a wrap-up at the end. And so what I'd like you to do is to, is, and I think most people have done this before, but I will just quickly uh, tell you. So get into groups with people you don't know very well. We're going to have a couple of minutes where we just, just stand and we listen to God. For, and I want everybody, so it's groups of three or four, no more. Because otherwise, you won't have time to, 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 to talk, for everybody to talk. Um, and what we're going to do is listen to God, and we're going to find out just a word or a picture or something for one of the other people in your group as to what, what part God wants them to play in this great mission of Emmanuel Global Reach. Okay, so once you've got into your group, so it's, what we normally do is we spend half the time chatting and getting to know each other. Don't get to know each other, because that will give you clues about about what you might be hearing from God, and that's cheating. So, right. Okay, so what I want you to do is stop chatting, And listen to God. I hear a lot of people seem to be listening to God by talking to each other or perhaps praying for each other. So what I want you to do is listen and and see what God's saying. So maybe some of you are getting a, a, a picture has flashed into your mind, or a word has flashed across your, th- or you've suddenly remembered something that you had forgotten before we started this. Just be in touch with what God's doing among you, what He, what those things that He's just bringing to mind right now. Okay, so now start sharing what it is that he's been showing you. Show that to each other. Okay, folks. So while while you were doing that for each other, I decided I would just ask God for if He had a word for all of us, and I ca- I saw a whole picture. Of bridges, bridges linking islands, and they there were different scales. Uh, one one end of the scale, there was like little ornamental uh, bridges in a Japanese garden, little, linking a tiny island. And then I saw sort of road bridges that maybe like in some of these island chains, in in um, where they go from place to place to place, or the the bridge over to the island of Sky. And then there's the big bridge that links two continents in Istanbul, the big bridge over the Bosphorus. And that God's got different scales of bridges that he wants to build among us. Some of them will be at a small scale. Um, some of them will be at a medium scale. And some of them will bridge between continents. But they all have the same purpose. And that is getting you from one side to the other. And that's what he's doing through us he's building connections he's building bridges um, and they may be different scales but they all have the same purpose
2: so slight change of plan so alan was going to wrap up but i'm just going to to pray and and wrap up hopefully you've all had a really good time and god has spoken to i would just encourage everyone just this isn't the end so just get before God and sort of say what God what are you saying to me through this and let's keep encouraging one another. I want to say a massive thank you because I haven't been m- involved much with this but so, Angus and Helen, George and Arson, Stephen and Acklin and anybody else I've missed and the two interviewees, uh, interviewers, thank you. It's been a really, really good day so I really appreciate it. Thank you. I don't think Jenny's here but we can still clap them. Jenny and Sandra and the food they have done a fantastic job so if you see them do thank them. Yeah. let's just pray we're going to finish with prayer and just come before our Father Yeah, Father we just thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence today before your throne and we just want to ask that you will continue to speak to each one of us Lord we thank you for the privilege of being called on a mission with you Lord we don't forget the fact that we've come from a a place where we never knew you. We came from a place where we were lost. We were blind ourselves, Lord. You turned our lives around and then you've called us to work with you to reach other people who are lost and who are blind. So Father, I want to pray that you will just come, Holy Spirit, right now and continue your work. Lord, we thank you. Your word assures us that you will carry to completion The work you've begun. And I want to pray that you'll do that for each one of us here. For us as a church, you take us on in this great journey that we're on. Father, will you just continue the work you've done in us. That we may know what you're calling us to do. And Lord, we just pray that you will continue to bless us. So we can be a blessing to this world. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Please,
0: uh, uh, as you leave, um, just fill out one of these feedback forms that will...